Hey, Doug. Hello, Karen. Hello. Welcome to the block. How are you guys doing? It's month 89 of... I don't know even what we call it. It's not really shelter in place anymore. It's something. It's something. It's something. Welcome to the latest month of something. Hey, um, so I don't know about you, but we were supposed to have this like gorgeous, brilliant, sunny day here today, and it was all cloudy and overcast, and I was like, damn weather people, damn weather people, and then I heard that it was actually the smoke from the fires out west that are creating well, all know, this cloud cover. I read something. Now, I didn't get out much today, but um, I did read that, you know, the the smoke from the fires are moving all the way across the country. So, yeah. That, wild, that right? Yeah, totally literally. Wild. Yeah, yeah, literally wild. So if any of our listeners are on the left coast, um, we are thinking of you, and we I hope y'all are okay. And you and yours are okay, because these things That's are pretty right. devastating. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of devastating... <laughs> Yes, Queen of the Seg. <laughs> we watched uh, season five, episode eight, eight, Mission Impersonal. I mean, we're not back in season four territory here, but this one was a bit of a dud. Yeah, although, and I don't disagree, but it's important to remember that in real time, this aired as the second hour. Of a, oh, of a two-hour thing. So right. some of the things that feel anticlimactic are the characters you don't see much of. Just remember that it was sandwiched with the previous episode. So you may have felt a little bit less like that in real time, which is for these, for this era, really what would have counted. You know, it's really funny because I kind of recalled, didn't I say that last week about the last episode where I was kind of like, eh, it was, it was kind of, there wasn't a whole lot of there there and I felt that way about this so I feel like putting these two episodes together kind of came out with a whole lot of nothing there's like just enough there there but nothing more perhaps. yeah there's barely enough there there I would I'm not even sure if there was enough there there um I think you feel it more with this episode than the one before uh, you know I guess I guess what did we get from the one before we got um the big reveal about Taylor being uh, Beth's uh, younger sister, which is um, Jack Wagner's, uh, Peter's dead wife's sister. And Kimberly has something wrong with her brain. Which, I mean, we knew that. Yeah. But I guess well, now they're, now they're truly making it literal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Um, where do we begin? Where should we begin? Um, uh, we could... We... Hmm... It's we tough should. I feel like there was no, there was no storyline that kind of jumped out from this one, right? No, though I have some notes, and they're s somewhat segmented. Um, let's let me guide us. Let's do a little bit um, chronological. <laughs> let's do a little bit linear, okay. and a little bit bunched up. Okay. So let's pick, no let's do pick up where we left off. I have no notes, and I watched part of this while I was cooking uh, dinner, so I rely on you. Did you cook and eat during the episode, or are you eating right now? No, I only cooked um, because, well, I, I need, well, okay, because I wanted to get dinner ready when my daughter got, because, you know, she's in a new school now, and the school is 
40 minutes away. And she is at soccer in the afternoon. So she doesn't get home till like seven o'clock at night. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I had food ready for her. So I cooked and made her, I made the dinner in advance and kind of watched while I was cooking. And then there was some lag between while I was like when I finished cooking and when she got home. So I sat and watched for a little while and then I stopped, I ate with her and then I started it up again for like the last 15 minutes. Gotcha. So two things, that means like this episode is hot off the press for you. Yeah. And two, that means you are basically this podcast version of Kyle McBride. Because you cook. Oh, it took me a minute. Sorry. Uh, yeah. He's a cook. Yes, he is a cook, and I did cook. And I have to say, my dinner was really good. Then I have to ask, what was it? Um, well, I accidentally made the wrong thing tonight, but it was fine. I ended up making Buddha bowls. Oh. So I got some kale, massaged that. Um, made some little, little mini potatoes that I like, little tiny, tiny mini potatoes. They were so cute. Roasted those. Didn't even need to cut them. They were so small. Mm. Um, I roasted mm. some chickpeas and onions and like a cumin, turmeric, fennel seed mixture. Um, and then I just cut up some like tomatoes and... Um, and uh, what are they called? Cucumbers and marinated those in some garlic olive oil. And I, th- oh, and I also braised uh, some some multicolored fresh carrots. Oh, that's that sounds like a basket on chops. Oh, really? Well, I mean, your ingredients are more reasonable. They really uh, do belong together. Gotcha. These individually yeah. could represent a basket an ingredient on chops. Well, over the weekend, I picked up, I found these adorable little mini eggplants, like the little teeny tiny eggplants. And I keep, but they're so small, I keep forgetting I have them. And so I actually meant to make those today for dinner. And then I got like halfway through the whole bootable thing and I opened the fridge and I was like, oh, I have the mini eggplants. So now I have to make them tomorrow. Yeah, so they'll make them tomorrow. I know. But anyway. Well, tonight for us was pork tacos with pineapple and I, tomorrow will will be salmon i saw the pork tacos on instagram and they look delicious they were good but uh, they're just gone so quick i know tacos are weird like tacos like i could eat 10 to- i love tacos i know we could yeah. have eaten two or three more plates of those we ate like 10 of them you know what we started doing we Tell started me. we started making our own corn tortillas wow that's impressive yeah, Talk, and it's right again. and it's um it's they're really good. Like if you have like corn tortillas from the store, like not the not the flour ones, the corn ones, and they and you know when you like try them and you're always like, eh, they're alright, but they're not great. Like if you make it yourself, like they're a thousand times like you're just like, wow, I want all the corn tortillas. I'm getting hungry again. We should probably get back to the show. Oh yeah, we should probably get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, where we left off last week, which was basically in real time in 96, a minute prior, Taylor, Lisa Rinna, has revealed to Peter um, her secret connection to him. So she was, as Karen said, Beth's younger sister. We get a little bit more information. We kind of get, like, differing explanations. Like, they're like, well, one one story isn't quite good, but maybe if we throw a couple in... It'll all add up to something believable. It, it doesn't. Um, 
But she said her name was Victoria Taylor whatever, whatever. that married McBride. And I guess she was considerably younger than Beth, enough so that whatever age Peter and Beth were, and I have to believe Peter was 100 years older than Beth when they were together, um, th- that they w- Peter wouldn't have even thought twice about Victoria, but that then also Victoria was sent off to a school, that she was an ugly duckling, so I guess he only saw her with glasses and braces. Um, I love so how that's no like way he would have recognized. That's like the default. I was such an ugly duckling, I had glasses and braces. Well, so did I, bitch. Right. You're going to tell me that, like, you married this girl's sister and you were never around her enough to, like, really commit a face to memory or recognize a voice that nothing about her, the way she carried herself, would trigger something in you? Okay. Fine. We'll just suspend that disbelief. But you know what I couldn't suspend my disbelief about? Peter's non-reaction to the whole thing. Yeah, he kind of says nothing. He was kind of like, Oh, okay. What? Well, she says this other explanation that, a, a lie, that we ended up moving into the same apartment building as you and Melrose Place totally by accident. What a small world. And he's like, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, it was just now we know. nonplussed by the whole thing. He was just like, oh, okay. And not even, like, shocked, like, my dead wife's sister is here. Like, nothing. Right. Nothing. And then, and then to top it off, Taylor's like, this will be our little secret. We can't tell anyone. Well, so why that's, not? that's where it really gets odd. And yes. where, you know, all the alarms should be going all off. Um, but, you know, Peter just sort of pockets that and kind of end of scene. Yeah, pretty much. End of scene. Um, can we just do all of Allison, Jake, Jane, What's left there? Yeah, this thing was so stupid because it 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 was such a big deal and now it's gone. Maybe. Yeah. Is it gone? I had a feeling. I think this gone. is it. I think we'd move right into a new Jane storyline next episode. It it was like, like I don't think there's anything like I told you one thing, but really no. Um so like Jake yeah. is like, let's go have dinner and talk this out. And yeah. So, she Yeah, go ahead. So let's just let's just uh, talk about the the little we do see. Incredulously, I think the first thing we see is Allison talking to Billy about complaining oh, about yeah. the Jake and Jane that. situation. Which, <laughs> like, why this is why one are of you the, talking to Billy, Allison? Really, this really? is one of those rare scenes, maybe episodes where Billy is maybe the smarter one in the room, um, and. Billy's like, Allison, I don't want to talk about this. I've moved on, and so should you. Because, Allison, what can possibly be gained from this? And also, Allison, you and Billy are not friends right now. Yeah, I loved how she was, like, talking to him about this whole thing, and he was like, yeah, no, we don't need to talk about this. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, at the same time, Billy is trying to make some sort of amends, save some sort of face with Sam, who finally gave up on him again when she realized he's still hung up on Allison. Okay. Um, he apologizes and she basically accepts it. Jake comes to Jane's boutique and says, I'm going to be at the marina tomorrow night. And she comes, she acts late, but also acts like it's a date. Um, and, and he tries to get through to her and says, I'm sorry, I don't love you anymore. And all of a sudden she... (laughs) 
retreats into herself and starts talking to him as though he's Richard and and starts starts blaming him. And even though this is a year before Goodwill Hunting, Jake almost has to do a Robin Williams scene and be like, it's not your fault. And she goes, I hate you. I hate you, Richard. I hate you. You raped me. Um, and it's like the breakdown that she finally needs to shed all of this baggage that has turned her into this stalker. Psychologically, I'm not really sure that all aligns, but fine. Uh, the only well, other thing... I'm sorry, this whole thing was... This whole thing was completely bizarre. Like, yeah. it, it was like... It was like, what the fuck? Like, so she... So she, like, has this breakdown. Um, you know, Jake is... You know, she... Well, she meets Jake. She thinks they're getting back together. And he's like, I don't love you anymore. I, I love Allison. The past two... That's what the past two weeks have taught me. I mean, I'm just sort of sitting there going, wait. Because it was, like, literally he was saying, the past couple of weeks. The past couple of weeks showed me. I don't love you anymore. I love Allison. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of insta-love going around here. And you know me, I am not critical of insta-love, but in this case, I had to be. Yeah, I mean, at least they have actually shown scenes that demonstrate some sort of progression for Allison and Jake in this tight time frame to get to saying I love you and seeming to mean it on, while dealing with the Jane stupidity. <laughs> but it's all tight time frames, right? I mean, Billy met yeah. Mary Brooke in five seconds. That is true. That is true. Jane and Jake got together, fell in love, and and then stopped being a couple in about the same time period. <laughs> well, and that, you know, and then to have, like, them, like, the whole, like, Jane has this breakdown and, like, Richard, you raped me. And she said, and then all of a sudden they're at the police station. She's dropping the restraining order. Everybody's friends. Yeah. And we have to believe, I take it at face value, that Jane is in a better place all of a sudden, has admitted everything to the cops, no more restraining order. She only means good for Jake and Allison now. I'm pretty sure that that is that. Which is I mean, also how anticlimactic can it be? So anti- I mean, at least we have Allison looking kind of unsure of this. Like, she was like, well, I guess everything's okay for now. Um, you know, yeah, so Allison at least, doesn't at least seem we to have trust that the situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. If but I were other, Allison, I trust no one. Yeah, but other, but other than that, you know, there, there's, you know, the, the, but other than that, that was the only sort of like flag that was like, well, maybe this is a but. Well, Jake is so dumb. Oh, the whole thing was just ridiculous. So I'm like, all of that to get to where we are, and it's just stupid. Uh, yeah, it is stupid. Yeah. Um, speaking of stupid, should we just go with um, uh, uh, Matt because he was like, yeah, for sure, like, literally like one or like one scene that made no sense. Yeah, there's a quick scene where Mike, where Matt, because he's back in the hospital and his program, um, sees Michael and Hathaway is there. So Matt mentions that he has a new therapist, but um, he introduces this guy who is his intended love interest to Michael um, and, and you know, intimates to Hathaway that Matt says he wants to see him socially. Um, is there more? I kind of felt like that was it. And this is the thing where I'm really confused. So in the last, last episode, 
Matt did come right out and say, I want a new therapist because I want to have this personal relationship with you. And one thing that wasn't clear from here is where that stood. So like, did Dr. Hathaway be like, well, yes, Matt, let us not see each other anymore so we can be lovers. Or is he a little bit more like, we should probably get you a new therapist because this is getting, this is going down a really weird path. And I like want to like remove myself from you. Cause that was kind of the vibe I was getting. But like, I said, like I was cooking dinner through the scene. So I wasn't paying that close attention. Well, I think what you've done is instead of giving us an A and a B, you gave us an A, a B and a C. So the first half of your B is probably where it is. I think that Hathaway is still skittish and he's trying to play things by the rules and be smart about it and say like, Matt, get yourself a therapist, be responsible for yourself. And then maybe we can pursue something romantic. Okay. So they're not together. They're not together, but it's coming. It is coming. Okay. okay. Um, and that's it for Matt. And that's again, it for Matt. Again, Matt did have more in the aggregate of last week and this week when it aired together, but it's still, it's still Matt. The writing will always fail Matt. Yes, and and indeed it did <laughs> in this episode. Um, I actually think we can talk more about Amanda and Peter because that opens the door to a couple other things going on. Okay, perfect. Um, so stop me if I've missed anything, but the next time we see Peter after the Taylor revelation, if we can call it that, is him and Amanda talking about having money problems because, you know, he... He can work, but he doesn't have patience or whatever. Um, and Amanda has just gotten credit cards with both of their names on. I mean, given that she's like a partner in this ad agency, like this conversation feels beneath her, but whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah. then Amanda has to leave town again, not for San Fran this time, but for Portland. Um and so Peter is left alone at Melrose Place again, which is looking more and more every week like like a bad idea. Um, so it, in one scene, now that Taylor has divulged her true identity, uh, she's swimming in the, the Melrose pool while, while Peter can look out and see it. Um, in a bikini. Of, of course. She's doing laps uh, in bikini. It's not like... A lap wearing bathing suit, like a lap doing bathing suit, it's a bikini. Yeah, true. It's, it's yeah, it is not for Olympic swimming. No. Um, meanwhile, Amanda is still kind of treating Craig, probably rightly, like shit. And she gives him and Billy, uh, I don't know, a campaign. It seems like the dumb assignment to it's work like on. It's like a research thing or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Craig comes to Melrose Place to look for Billy, um, but I, I guess Billy didn't tell him what his apartment number was. So Craig comes knocking on Sam and Jane's door, say, looking for him. Sam answers, and even though Sam is a complete stranger and he's there just to do work, he asks Sam out to go see the Gypsy Kings with him. Yes. Um, and that's when Billy comes out. And he's like, hey, I'm over here. So... There's a tiny triangle being assembled here that will satisfy nobody, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and Craig, like, is just an asshole. Like, he wants to take all the credit for work that Billy has clearly done on his own. Uh, I don't really have a horse in this race because I think they're both horses' asses. So I don't really care. Um, meanwhile, well, I think that's it, right? This whole thing that's going on at D&D, &D, like, at least when, like, 
Amanda was having issues with Allison or Amanda was having like at least like those sort of like petty jealousies that were happening at D&D were like interesting and I felt invested in them. This yeah, is, and you could like, always take someone's no. side and it wasn't always yeah. the same person's side. Yeah. This is I don't want Billy to succeed. I don't want him to fail upward. I don't want Craig to succeed. I don't want him to get all the breaks cuz his dad is whoever Arthur Field is. So, I don't care. Also, I don't like Sam. Like I really don't care. Yeah. Yeah, th- this is like seriously like peak I don't give a fuck about D&D. Exactly. And and I'm over here looking at Amanda like you just go get another job, honey. Go find another job. Yeah. So Meanwhile, a relationship I do care about is this burgeoning thing between Sydney and Kyle. Yeah, we're not going to get that, are we? We don't get much. It's still it's building up to something. We don't we don't get much. Um, So the flirtation continues. She comes to him. She goes to the the Kyle's restaurant kitchen. Um, He asks for another Sam Kirov painting. I don't know how many paintings sam is working on in fact they should just show her like churning them out at this point Um, it's like zero i think sid's promising art that doesn't exist at this point i don't know because didn't she already say that she had done more i don't know but i swear to god i think sid's just promising things i mean we're not saying which would be perfect you know i I wouldn't that would be very sid yeah um but but meanwhile taylor is not at the restaurant um, because she has invited herself over to Peter in his Amanda-less apartment. Um, and wouldn't you know it, even though her sister's been dead for years and she has moved very quickly cross-country from Boston to L.A., she has Beth's old wedding album with her. Um, so she's in the middle of showing it to Peter when Amanda calls, ready for phone sex, from Portland. Um, so <laughs> Peter lies. And so she's waiting for a pizza. He's got to get Taylor out of the apartment. He can't do anything with Amanda. So so he says that he has called for pizza. And Taylor does this thing where she leaves and then, like, rings the bell or knocks to, so that he can um, say that, like, someone's in the apartment. Um, she takes the, the photo album back and leaves and then really oddly sees him buying a ring at whatever mall he's at the next day. He's buying this ring to, like as a make good for his guilt to Amanda. But like I, for lying you know, about the pizza guy. It's yeah. the whole thing is weird. But it's also how did how did Taylor know where he was? If they well, could at least show her that she was spying or keeping tabs or following his car or something, it would be more Well see that's the thing. Like if anybody needed a restraining order in this episode, it was Peter from Taylor because she has been stalking <laughs> yeah. him. She's the one that's been stalking. Uh, yeah, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that is the word for it. The whole thing is um, really creepy. Uh, creepy and also the dead not sister. really enticing. Yeah, like the dead sister, the 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 widowed husband from the dead sister. and the, I think it's creepy. Well, yeah, because she calls Peter her first crush. but I know. But this was like, so she was a young, young girl, like maybe even preteen, when she met and crushed on Peter. That's not the same thing as having an adult interest. Also, right. he was your dead sister's husband. So and then suddenly you're like crossing the country from Boston to L.A. to like do what? Like to right. do what? Like, to pursue what exactly? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. Like, 
I would have preferred, I would have preferred for her to make the decision to come out to L.A. on a whim for whatever reason and then meet Peter and try and cheat with him because she just finds him attractive. That is more interesting to me than all of this backstory that is kind of bullshit. Yep. Yeah, it is. There is the making for something interesting here, but it's very misguided. Well, but Okay, and there are other ways that you could do this. You know what I mean? Like, we could have... Oh, he could have recognized her. Like, and what is the secrecy about? And what, you know, well, obviously now they have to be a secret because Taylor can't be like, oh, Kyle, by the way, the guy we've been hanging out with, it's like your best friend, your, your drinking buddy. Yeah, he's my dad's sister's husband. Like, what? You know, so yeah, now she kind of has to lie about it. Right, which means we as viewers can look forward to ultimately finding when this secret gets out, how people right. will react to it. Right. But that's about all we have to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, there's also a scene uh, later with Sid again at the restaurant when Taylor is there and they're all talking, or Sid and Taylor are talking, and Sid reveals that Kyler, oh, I guess, was this in the last hour the last episode that kyle admitted he cheated yes. or was that okay yes but said that it slipped to taylor that kyle did admit this and and taylor's not really thrilled about that yeah understandably yeah um and then amanda comes home back from portland uh and does not like the expensive ring that peter bought because you know random money issues whatever they may be with them um mm -hmm. so it starts another fight between them and and Peter storms out to return the ring. Yeah. So trouble in non-paradise. Trouble in paradise, yeah, non-paradise. And that's pretty much it for the this, this Taylor, Peter, Amanda shiz. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the so, big story was um, Megan and Michael and, um, and Kimberly. Yes, and funny you say that. That's the one we have left. Oh, excellent. Uh, we essentially pick up where we left off, where Michael's in bed with Megan. This time he's spent the night. I don't know if he has done that before. Um, but her beeper goes off, and they have this whole thing where, again, she's like, you don't need to know more about me. He keeps asking questions about the, the house that she lives in, and she kind of tells him, don't ask questions. You know, don't ruin out what we have is good. Um, but then she drives away. And he's able to get her license number, so he's going to start, if not stalking, you know, following her. He's investigating who yeah. she is. And he very easily finds her. Yeah, which we're still in the nascent days of the internet, I'm not exactly sure how, but okay. I guess he has friends in high places they all, or the police department. Like Allison had that one attorney, they all have these secret hookups. That is true. So yeah, so he's got the secret hookup, and he finds her at her house where she's playing um, piano. <laughs> yeah, in this very nice adult house. It is a very grown-up house, and she's got this beautiful piano, and she's playing it. And at first I was like, oh, is she a concert pianist? But no, that's not who she is. No. 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 Um, she tells him to leave, and then she's she tells him to stay. Um... Now, I think before we see any more of them is when we get more of Kimberly, right? Yes, yes. 
she is um, talking to the doctor and it's basically an inoperable tumor and I guess it spread and they never once said the, the C word with cancer, but it was implied that it was cancer. Um, yeah, they're like, well, you have a five centimeter mass in your brain and we can't do any surgery and it's spreading. We give you three months to live. So, I mean, on the one hand, I kind of felt like this explains the mental hospital. Does it? A, well, she had a tumor pressing on her brain. So that is why she was psycho Kimberly for so long. I guess. I just feel like they're like, well, they're not Kimberly is crazy, and now we're literally giving her a mental, physical illness. Right. Well, they could have tied it in. Like, could have the doctor been they like, could oh, have. this was... They, they didn't. could have, and they didn't. This is just me extrapolating. Um, but no, they, they did not tie that in at all. It would have made sense if they did. Just saying. Right. Just right. saying. Um... In fact, this is when, and she walks out of that doctor's office, this is actually when we see Michael talking to Matt and meeting Hathaway. But Kimberly is now in her own, like, fugue state with this news. Um, so she doesn't really even talk. And it's funny because Michael is trying to come up with an excuse for why he was away all night, and she's, and she's she doesn't care. not hearing it. She doesn't yeah. need to. She's just like, um, I don't And then later that night, he comes to her again, and tries to apologize, and they fight, and then she runs into the bedroom, locks herself in, and 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 I think, you know, she says, only three months to go, you know, very yeah. sadly. Um, now, we should point out, like, she will not tell Michael that she, she has is got not. a diagnosis. She is not, she telling, is not telling Michael that she has this diagnosis. She is keeping it from him, and even though she's trying to say to him, well, I think that, you know, I'm feeling better, and I think that we should have, you know, intimate relations again, and now he's the one that's kind of hedging. Right. Because I guess he's sort of, like, oddly head over heels about Megan. Yeah, didn't take long. No, it did not. This whole Megan thing has me sort of like, what? Yeah, that's basically sort of how you should feel. Okay, good. Because it's sort of, she came out of left field, and Michael's reaction to her is just getting kind of more and more bizarre. Yeah, it's the writers in overdrive. You know, like, it's supposed to be, um, you know, a no-strings-attached relationship, but suddenly Michael wants to know all this stuff about her, and he's, like, kind of getting attached, and he wants to spend the night, and he wants them to be together, and it's all very weird. Yes. Um, you know, there's a scene where Kimberly is, has been driving and pulls over at a random church, um, and this priest comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have a conversation, you know, Kimberly says, oh, I've done so much damage to so many people, or I've caused so much pain for so many people. Um, and he basically tells her not to give up hope. Um, but the interesting thing about this to me is that the actor is best known to me as a soap actor. His name is Frank Runyon, playing the priest, who in real life went back to the seminary and studied in the early 90s. So he, I think, was actually a priest or some ordained minister of some kind playing a priest by the time uh, of this episode. Fascinating. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you won't find that factoid anywhere else. But right here. 
Um, and then there's more with Michael and Megan. So he's continuing to follow her. Um, and he goes to this like fancy hotel. Uh, he's able to find whatever room oh, or yeah. villa or wherever they are. And he thinks that she's being attacked. But it turns out he's actually interviewing rough sex play. Um, and then Megan really has to admit that in order to get him out of there, that she is a prostitute. <sighs> but she but wasn't wait, expecting Michael more. to pay for sex. No. Like, but no, she, she wasn't. No. She, they, right. That they have a connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, but wait, there's more. So separately, now Kimberly is again going to Michael and saying that she is ready again to be intimate with him and he just goes to work yeah he's um, like, i'm not ready he's like i'm not ready yet <laughs> yeah. you're springing this on me <laughs> and what he really does is go to megan again um where he he expresses his interest in her as a person and saying he has experience with women who quote stray from the norm shall yeah. we say but oh, it was, it was really funny i know um, just really, memories of sid being a call girl it's true. It does feel the same. It does feel the same. Um, and we get some of Kim, or excuse me, of Megan's backstory, um, which I don't even know how much of it is true. I guess we're to believe it, but you know, it involves growing up in a trailer and dealing with alcoholism and bad parents. Blah 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 blah. Um, Michael says that he will not stay away. Um, is that a promise or a threat at this point? Right. right? He says he won't stay away, and then shortly after that, we see him leave. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm going to go now. <laughs> um, but Kimberly is hanging out outside the house, and she sees the two of them. But wait, there's still more. Michael has not been caught. Kimberly, it turns out, knows Megan. Yes. And, and Megan and Kimberly are in on something, because they go, he hasn't figured it out, has he? Does he suspect anything? Why, no, he doesn't. What the fuck is going on here? Because we did not... I mean, obviously, Kimberly set this up. Yes, that is... Yes, that is clear. She did not know when Megan and Michael met that she was dying. So she set this up so that Michael would be intimate with somebody that wasn't her so that she, she wouldn't, he wouldn't leave her. Is that, that's kind of the only thing that I can think of. Like, like she wants him, she knows that he is going to cheat because she won't have sex with him. So she figured she'd hire the person that's going to have sex with him. Ergo, that person can go, she can control that person's coming and going. That person can go away when she's ready. Is that kind of the idea behind it? I think we get more explanation next week, but I think you pretty much called 100% of it. Yeah, I think I think it's like she wants to make sure his needs are met and she couldn't fulfill them. And this way she knows exactly who he's doing it with. I think that's that's basically it. And now she's dying. And now she's dying. What a plot twist. Something like that. A plot uh, jerk, maybe more like it. You know, one of the things that sort of struck me while I was watching this was that, like, Michael... Like, Michael seemed to know all of these things about her. Like, while he was, like, sort of, like, try, like piecing together who she was, where she lived, and that sort of thing... And I felt like we, as the audience, were never being brought in to that knowledge until much later on. So, like, as Michael was discovering things, we were still kind of left in the dark. 
What do you mean about Megan? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean? I mean, like we we would we kept catching up to Michael, who already knew things, had found yeah. out more things, was was able to follow her and find. Her. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like he he was finding things out, and he knew things, but we never. Like, like, how did he know to find her at the hotel? How did he find her house? How did he, like, what does he know about her when he goes to the house, except that he knows where she lives now? You know, and there were just things that, like, he had to know that we were never privy to. That's exactly right. And it was kind of like, so it made the, it made the actual storyline really kind of disjointed, I guess, or weird. Yeah, well, well you know, give the audience someone to side with. So it's one thing for Kimberly to have secrets from us. It's one thing for Megan to have secrets from us with Kimberly. But Michael then has to... We have to see him playing detective. Because he can't also just be knowing things. Because now you have all three characters in the storyline some degree keeping secrets from us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, And it's not even like they're keeping secrets from each other. They're keeping secrets from us, the viewer... So we're kind of left scratching our heads going, what the fuck is going on? Because that's kind of like how I felt with the storyline. Like I kept going, wait, what the fuck is going on? Wait, what's going on now? Wait, who, what? And his discovery about Megan was so rapid at that point. It was like every other scene he was discussed, like he, like he finds out where he finds where she lives. Then he finds her at the hotel. Then he finds out she's a prostitute. Then, you know, so it's like, it was, it was also super, super rapid. Yeah. And we didn't see his discovery process at all. Not at all. So, like, I'm, I love Kelly Rutherford, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that she's there. She deserves better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're trying really quickly to weave her into the fabric of the season. But, mm-hmm. like, pace yourselves, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, especially given how slow they were with the secrets about Taylor. Yeah, no Because essentially, in the same episode, we have as much information on Taylor, who's been on for eight episodes, as we do for Megan, who's been on for like three or two. Yeah, true that. Very, very true. Um, The other thing that stood out to me in this episode uh, Mm -hmm. was the sound design. (laughs) What what about the sound design? In Amanda's apartment, um, when Peter and Amanda are having that sort of heart-to-heart with the ring, he gives her the ring, she doesn't want the ring and all that. Did you notice the crickets? I didn't. It was like, it was like, it was like, she had like a locust infestation in her apartment while she was away and Peter didn't. You didn't, but you didn't see any. You could just hear them outside. No, the like, it was like, I guess it was supposed to represent, it was like out, like it was nighttime and, that it, was evening, and, yeah. and it was evening and the crickets, but it's like, you know, the place is hermetically sealed because it's got the air conditioner on. There's like no windows open, but you hear <laughs> these really loud crickets. Like you're sitting out like by a lake. You know, like in the swamp, and like you hear, and there's nothing but crickets around you. And so, in Amanda's in Amanda's apartment, it was like these really loud crickets. I mean, I found it distracting. I'm so surprised you didn't even notice. No, and you were, you know, in the middle of cooking too, and everything. Um, no, I will have to be more attentive. Thank goodness you were able to catch it. And I was like, oh my, I don't know. Maybe maybe the crickets were in my backyard. I don't know, but I I, I don't think so. No, probably not. I don't really get crickets around here. Amazing when they strive for realism. They really pick and choose. 
I know pretty wild. I think that's it. That was it. It was too much and not enough. Yeah. I imagine that doesn't change next week. But I do think we can introduce... Oh, totally not watching Melrose Place right now, by the way. No, because she's laughing up a storm. Yeah, Um, that wasn't this episode. No. Um, I think we dive into Jane's next storyline next week. Thank Um, God. But I say that being curious as to what you're going to think about it. So. Oh, great. So I want, I'm just teasing that, that one out there. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not rooting for anyone except maybe Sid and Kyle right now. I'm just rooting for Sid. I will always root for Sid. And I'm rooting for Megan just because I love Kelly Rutherford. Yeah. I had very little opinion of Megan and of Kelly Rutherford uh, watching this in real time. Um, and, you know, now I like them fine knowing a bit more of the character and her portrayer but um but i certainly didn't then so um so give us five stars yeah give us five stars on itunes tell us you love us and give us five stars and you guys are going to have a very special hollywood boulevard next right yeah we're doing a i mean not like a backdoor pilot or anything we're just doing uh, my special guest star Alyssa Moore will return and it will be the two of us uh, on Hollywood Boulevard talking some things awards and housewives uh, ish so a backdoor pilot (laughs) so I'm not sure I mean I guess we just call it a special guest star but but it does feel it does feel a little cheaty um, uh, Karen no. will be joining us on the boulevard because no, um, Karen has a lot going on. It's like when, um, when you know, when Kelly and whoever needs a needs a co-host and people step in. Yeah. On live, yeah. you know, like with Kelly and Ryan, and like Ryan is like taking a break or Kelly's taking a break, and they ask like a guest host to come in. That's yeah. So what, like when Lisa Rinna would fill in as a guest host. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing. That's it. So please follow us along there. Excuse Karen's absence, but um, but she needs a bit of a break. Uh, she has a complicated schedule for the next couple and, weeks. And then, and then hopefully we can be recharged next week. Um, yeah, we'll continue with what were the Sweeps Month episodes in uh, November of 96 for Melrose. Oh my god, this is Sweeps? I know. I feel like I you know. told me this and I keep saying, this was Sweeps? Yeah. Well, you do, and I did, but the reaction remains the same because this was all they had. This is the but best it's still better have. than season four, so we'll take it. That is it. I mean, at least it's not season four, guys. At least it's not season four. Um, mad love to you all. Enjoy um, a Karenless uh, Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and uh, I will see you guys next week. We'll all reunite next week back on the block. Take care. Bye.